Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? The quarantine life is not for me, Amy. Well, every day does feel like the day before, doesn't it? It does. It does. Weekends are the same as weekdays. Tuesdays are the same as Fridays. It's just, you know, whatever. But yes, we're safe at home, right? We are. So you are there in Tennessee. You are now, your state has a stay-at-home order. My state has a stay-at-home order. I'm in this house until May at least. I don't know when ours goes through. I think it was 14 days, maybe. Okay. Something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, our county order. Nothing's really changed. I was 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 in a how-imposed stay-at-home order anyway. Yeah, we were too. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. We were too. Yes. The the only thing that has changed here is now I can say to my kids, it's required of us to do this, as opposed to trying to explain to them why we were doing it, uh, yes. while we were following the suggested guidelines of the, th- what is it, 30 days to slow the spread that, that the federal government yes. had laid out and asked. So I kept working to explain, well, once the stay-at-home order came from the state, then I just said, because this is what they told us to do. In the state of North Carolina. So it makes exactly. it, that has made that a little easier, but we are always working creatively to find things to do around here. Yes. Same here. We've got schoolwork going. Well, not really going because we don't have any schoolwork right now because we don't have online school, but we still have lessons and things that the kids are trying to do and still trying to right. keep them in that, that mode. I'm not optimistic, Amy, about returning to school this year. I'm not either. Yeah. Indiana's yeah. already canceled it. Our friend Hillary that lives in Indiana, her school announced yesterday that the entire state of Indiana is is done for the year. So yeah. that's it. And she's like, Well, okay. Her kids are done. Yeah. So in in North Carolina they have said that seniors are done. And if they were passing when this started, then they pass and they're they graduate and can go on to college. Yeah. Well, I think that happened to George's son, too. George yeah, Schroeder, George Schroeder. Press with us. His son, George, who just announced he's going to Baylor. Congratulations. Go Bears uh, on that. And uh, But he he's a senior at his high school in Oklahoma. I think they said they're done. Graduation yeah. and everything. They may try to do some kind of graduation later in the year, but how to be a senior and and, and lose all that, all those memories, the prom, the graduation, all that, that, that really stinks. It's tough. It's tough. Really this tough is tough for seniors, on a lot I'm of sure. folks. Yeah. 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 Tough so, on a lot of people. But we are still quarantined, still doing the uh, the remote church thing. I know at, at my church, my dad is doing drive-in services at his church, Amy. Very cool. So I told him, I said, that's great, dad. Rock and roll. That'd be awesome. He's got the perfect setup for it there at Hemphill Star, little church out there in the country in, in rural Louisiana. He's got the perfect really setup neat. for it. So it's going to be really neat. I, I can't wait to, to see some pictures from that this weekend, but... That's I know a lot really of you cool. who are out there either doing church online, doing drive-in church. Uh, the drive-in church has really become kind of the, the vogue thing to do. So I'm, yeah. I'm loving that. That's fantastic. I know some pastors that are they're connecting with just as many, if not more, every week because of the drive-in services. So hopefully that'll continue and people will stick with it and everything. But we got some big news, Amy. Next Friday, we're going to have an online prayer gathering for the SBC hosted by Dr. Ronnie Floyd. It announced April 1st, but it was... 
completely straight down. It wasn't, you know, April Fool's what didn't have kind of the fun of this year. No. It's just a lot didn't of Didn't see many people doing that this year. Yeah. Um, Southeastern Seminary is about the only one that I saw in our And it was even, it was even like related to what's going on. It was on. themed. It, it was themed. Yes. Changing the go to stay because everyone is under a stay at home order. So it did. It Every did living adjust, room, a but, great commission living room. But the news uh, around here on April 1st was just straight down the middle. And this was an exciting announcement. So it will be 12 noon central time on April the 10th. So that's on Good Friday. And it's just going to be a time of focused prayer for the situation we're in amid the global COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, So Ronnie Floyd is going to be hosting that, and he's got a lot of folks already lined up to be a part of that. Why don't you tell us some of the people who will be participating? Well, obviously, Dr. Floyd will be participating. Joining him will be Marshall Alsberry, the senior pastor of Antioch Baptist Church in Fairfax Station, Virginia, and the first vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Paul Chitwood, president of International Mission Board. J.D. Greer, lead pastor at the Summit Church and president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Donna Gaines, who's the wife to Steve Gaines. We'll get to him in a minute. She's also the founder and president of Arise to Read over in the Memphis area. Steve Gaines, senior pastor, Bellevue Baptist over in Memphis. Jeremiah Lepasana, the lead pastor of Bible Church International in Randolph, New Jersey. Kevin Ezell, who's the president of the North American Mission Board. Hayden Ratner, who's the senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Julio Ariola, who's the Executive Director for Hispanic Relations and Mobilization at the Executive Committee with us. And then Ronnie and Marcy Parrott. Ronnie's the lead pastor at Christ Community Church in Huntersville. Marcy is Ronnie's wife. So uh, a good little list there. Yeah, I think it's going to be really great. So it will be live streamed at sbc.net slash pray. Mm -hmm. And then we'll also be on the Executive Committee's Facebook page. There's going to be times of scripture reading, focused prayer to address specific needs related to the pandemic. So it's really an opportunity to say, we're going to come together to pray and go into, as Dr. Floyd said, we're going to face Easter weekend with hope. So I think this is a really great thing to be doing in the middle of this and as we go into Easter weekend. And I hope that everyone will be able to participate. Yes, it should be a really good time. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is we can't really do the production like we'd like to do. Can't have a a TV studio or something like, you know, video studio because of the the stay-at-home order. We're kind of stuck in our houses. So, you know, it'll be be Zoom. So it'll it'll be fine. It'll be good. But isn't that something that really fits, that meets everyone where they are? And Pretty much, yeah. In, in some ways captures the reality of what is going on and also captures the fact that we don't have to have all of that to come together and pray. Exactly. So I think exactly. it's I think it's really good. It should be really, really good. So looking forward to that. That's next Friday, noon central time. So it'll be one o'clock where you are, Amy. Yes. Just making sure, you know, math and all. Okay. All right. I'm, I, I've gotten good. I've gotten good at the whole Eastern Central Time thing since I'm the only team member at the executive committee that is in a different time zone than everyone else. So you I may just not set be able your to watch think. to Central and just live on Central Time. Well, here's what's funny. I have one clock in my house, the clock on the mantle that we have not done the spring forward. <laughs> and the other day I thought, you know, maybe I just shouldn't. And that can be my central time clock. It's like on the in the White House, you've got the different right. clocks. Right. Know? So then I can look at it and remember what time it is for and meetings just label and it, things label like it that. Parents. 
instead of work. That's you right. Know, it's a That's lot right. More, a lot more. That's right. Mom and dad. That. Mom yes. and dad. Yes. Instead of yeah. Jonathan and work. Okay. Right. Uh, over to Send Relief, Amy. They've got a new vice president for international operations. Francis Horton will be the vice president to oversee operations outside North America. Uh, so this is coming in the wake of the uh, announcement that the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board would be coming together under the one banner of Send Relief and that Bryant Wright would be leading that. So uh, Francis Horton has a lot of background in this area. From 2008 to 2015, he was area director for Central and South Asia with Baptist Global Response. He also, since 2016, has served as regional director for West Africa with Samaritan's Purse. So very experienced in this kind of work. Uh, I think it'll be a really good fit for Send Relief. All right. Well, congratulations to him. Welcome to Send Relief, Francis. So maybe we have to get him on it sometime. So uh, that was yeah, really good. Yeah, that'd be good. really cool. Yeah. And speaking of Sin Relief, they donated more than 200,000 masks, plus a bunch of protective equipment items, to medical workers uh, that are battling COVID-19. Yeah, so this was a really great story that just kind of told some of the things that are going on with disaster relief right now in the wake of the pandemic, which is, you know, this is something that most of our disaster relief workers have dealt with sort of weather-related crises, uh, but this they have transitioned to very quickly. So Send Relief donated 30,100 masks and 45,520 PPEs to hospitals. And then disaster relief teams across the country are also donating about a total of 142,000 masks and 11,100 suits to local hospitals and medical facilities. Uh, but disaster relief teams all over are really doing a lot of different things. They're doing food delivery, distribution, um, mobile kitchen, you know, types of things, providing meals. They've also deployed shower units to places, you know, shower units for medical personnel, things like that. And so a lot of our disaster relief teams throughout the state conventions are taking the supplies and the abilities they have and figuring out how to apply it to this current situation. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been really great to see. So there's a great story that Brandon Elrod, friend of the pod from NAM, wrote and uh, we put up at Baptist Press and gives some more details about the work that they're doing. So really, really great stuff being done by Send Relief. Over to Midwestern Seminary up in Kansas City, Amy, where they held their trustee meeting virtually this week because can't meet in person, can't meet on campus, can't really travel. So That's right. they held their trustee meeting online this week and passed a 2021 budget of $26.797 million. That's a 1.9 decrease from what they had proposed originally because right. of COVID-19 and just the economic impact they're expecting out of that, but still an increase over the $25.5 million budget that they have right now. So uh, continued growth over there in uh, Kansas City, uh, they expected their total enrollment for this school year, Amy, to be over forty-two to 4,300 students compared to 4,000 that they had last year. So continuing to grow up there in Kansas City, just amazing the work uh, that has been done up there with Dr. Allen uh, in his, his time there in Kansas City. Also, some faculty news from Midwestern. Robin Hathaway was reelected as professor of missions and the Gary Taylor chair of missions and evangelism, Tom Johnson 
was reelected as professor of evangelism, John Lee as professor of New Testament. And they also recommended the promotion of David Sundin from assistant professor to associate professor of ministry and evangelism, Matthew Swain from assistant professor to associate professor of worship ministries, Stephen Thompson from assistant professor to associate professor of pastoral ministry, and Jason Dusing from associate professor to professor of historical theology. So congratulations to all of those, Dusing, a friend of the pod, Amy. Had yes. on here a couple times, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Also reelected their current officers, John Mathena as the chairman, Lee Roberson as first vice chairman, Chad McDonald as second vice chairman, and Brian Payne as the secretary. So they'll meet hopefully on campus in person in October, Amy. Yes. Hopefully. That's the goal. Hopefully. That's the goal. Absolutely. Be back on campus. Yes. All right. Uh, some Lifeway research this week. Fascinating trend here and, and really good research. I was wondering what this looked like. And here comes Lifeway Research with uh, with the answers. They really got on the ball with work in light of the pandemic. And they did a survey to find out about church plans for Easter. So they asked Protestant pastors how the pandemic has impacted their congregations and what their plans are for the near future. What they found is on the weekend of March 1st, 99% say they gathered while 95% held services the next weekend. By March 15th, that number had dropped to 64%. And by March 22nd, 11% of pastors say that their church gathered in person. March 29th, it was down to 7%. So it's kind of this slow trickle down that as and that probably varied from state to state and different churches hearing about what was going on and sort of making their decisions um, says that almost half of the churches 47 percent say they have already decided they will not meet in person for Easter a very small number only three percent say they will have an in-person gathering no matter what and then a certain and then a certain number about uh, 18 percent say they would have, they would have an in-person gathering if authorities were to allow it. And another 15% would say they would do so if local, if local authorities do not recommend against it. Um, so it seems like, for the most part, everyone is, is kind of planning an alternate option this year in light of everything. And so that tells something because, you know, we've had some public discussions about would everything be back in place for Easter Sunday, uh, many folks expressing a desire for that. Uh, but the reality is what we're seeing, what the research shows is most are already preparing to not. Yeah. What, what Sunday did your church stop meeting? Was it the, the 15th? That was ours. I think, yes, I think it was the 15th because that was the Wednesday after, I mean, that was the Sunday after the NBA, right? Like I, it's all running together. Honestly, it's all run together. I don't know. I think that's right. I think the Thursday, yes. the twelfth, was the NBA thing. I could be wrong on that. No, it was Wednesday. It was a Wednesday night because was it the Wednesday NBA, the 11th, after I got yeah, home Tom, from church. Maybe yeah. Tom Hanks said he, you know, it was kind of the first person that we all sort of recognized, and then there was a state of emergency declared by the federal government and then the NBA canceled. And then that was like the tipping point that everything sort of yeah. moved quickly okay. after that. Yes, yeah, it was I think the 11th. So because that okay. first Sunday 
That's right. So that the the 15th was this it was the Sunday after that for us but but that first one we still I think they were still saying no groups larger than 100 or 250 and so they still they live streamed and they still had a very small group maybe of staff with a, some families that were there in case someone showed up. So that was on the 15th and then since then on the 22nd and the 29th it's been sort of your standard, you know, empty room, you know, like complete transition. So, yeah. yeah 15th I think we started working from home on the 16th. Pretty sure we started working offsite at the EC. I, I think I started working from home in October of 2019. Yes. Hey, six month anniversary. Six month work anniversary was this week. Appreciate that. Thanks for that reminder. Okay. It, yeah. uh, uh, some more news related to COVID-19. Guidestone is going to offer a one-time option to change health coverage during 2020 because of this. So churches can select to move from a standard PPO plan to the HSA qualified high deductible plan, or even to Guidestone's lowest cost option, the Secure Health 3000. So maybe the economic reality at your church has changed because of COVID-19 and all the fallout from that. If you need to look into that, check that out at guidestone.org slash coronavirus slash insurance. So the link to the story is in our show notes. So if, if that's something that you need to check out, maybe to, to change the healthcare status, the, the insurance levels, maybe at the church, uh, you can do that over at the show notes. You can find the link to that. And then also today opens the stimulus availability for the CARES Act. And there was a lot of confusion and some some trepidation from some that the religious liberty protections that were not quite in this on the front end, but that got fixed like literally hours after we put up a story about it being concerned. So, yeah. Can you explain that very quickly? So the paycheck protection program that was part of the two, $2 trillion cares act was being administered by the U S small business administration. Well, they were right. just trying to fit it into their main small business administration loans with the government backing it. But those have, religious liberty issues because they say you have discrimination can't happen on the regards of sex or race or gender or things like that. So churches with biblical sexuality guidelines in place don't really qualify because of the services they provide like marriage. So a Baptist church may not provide wedding services to LGBT couples. So that that kind of issue was, was being kicked around. But Literally, like hours after we published a story about the concerns, everything got fixed. So we published another story about how the concerns were resolved. So yes, that's done. Now we're now. working so, late. Yes, we were. It was a late night last night. So uh, that that got taken care of. But churches are in fact eligible though for the payroll protection program loans. These are loans. Uh, if you watched our Facebook live with Guidestones Harold Lofton earlier in the week. You can apply for a loan. If you're under 500 employees, you can apply for a loan that covers up to two and a half months worth of average monthly payroll with a cap of $10 million. So say your average payroll for your church is $20,000. You can apply for $50,000 of federally guaranteed loans to be able to meet payroll for 10 weeks, which is basically two and a half months. And you can get that money starting today. So that is available. So uh, if you're interested in that, go to uh, and today your local would be... bank, small business administration. Today's the, yeah the Friday, the third of April, and it's probably not going to be around long. So you got to get in there and get your uh, applications in quickly. Yes. 
So they had $350 billion are set aside in the $2 trillion CARES Act package to guarantee those loans. So go ahead and get those done, uh, those applications, if you're interested in that. And those aren't just open to churches, but state conventions and the like. So a lot of different organizations looking at those, and uh, that money will probably be snapped up rather quickly. Up to Arkansas, Amy, and we have some uh, news on a lawsuit up there. Yes, the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, Mill Creek Baptist Church, and other defendants have denied the allegations and have filed motions to dismiss a lawsuit that came at the end of 2019 that accused them of liability and alleged multiple sexual assaults of a minor. What has happened now, this is sort of the process in a a lawsuit like this, that the lawsuit gets filed. Uh, Baptist Press covered that at the end of December. And then the defendants have sort of the opportunity to respond. And in their response to it, the Arkansas Baptist reported that the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, that they were not in control of the church and the pastor and that they did not know about uh, and were not able to prevent the alleged abuse. So this is their response in the lawsuit. Um, and it really just kind of continues before the judge. They're seeking a dismissal and we will see sort of what happens next. Um, Brotherhood Mutual Insurance Company, the Cincinnati Insurance Company, and the Continental Insurance Company, all named as defendants. They've also filed motions for dismissal of the case as well. Uh, so we'll put that in the show notes just by way of an update. We will continue to watch this story, see what the response is from the court for that, and any following responses after that. Yes, as we do with all of these lawsuits. Uh, some sad news, Amy, to end on this week. Southern Baptist Tom Coburn former U.S. Senator from the great state of Oklahoma, passed away this week after a prolonged struggle with prostate cancer. Yes, so I saw a lot in the news about this. Uh, Tom Coburn served for a number of years. He was a member of the Senate from 2005 to 2015. He also had served as a U.S. representative from 1995 to 2001. One of the few people, so I, back in college, was very uh, into the contract, the contract with America, that the U.S. House of Representatives had uh, had done in 1995, and then you and Newt, got, y'all were tight, huh? And then I got frustrated, <laughs> even though all the things didn't happen. I got frustrated for any of those U.S. representatives who were advocating for term limits, who did not stop running after three two-year terms, and so I. I'm not going to name names, but there were some specific ones that I noticed continued running. And I thought, I thought you were for term limits. Tom Coburn did keep his promise. He stepped down after three two-year terms, you know, so there, so there's a tribute to him and sort of an explanation of a lot of the, the contributions that he made in an article done by Tom Strode in Baptist Press. So Yes. So it, Oklahomans appreciated that too. He was a man of his word. They elected him to yeah. the Senate just a few years yes. after that. So. They did. Very good. Yep. So thoughts and prayers out to the Coburn family and all of those uh, who knew him well. All right, Amy, that brings us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. 
All right, so we're going to look at 1975 at sort of another very historic thing that was happening in April. And uh, in the April 2nd, 1975 issue of Baptist Press, there is an article. It's the second article that the headline is Missionaries Leave Vietnam, Only 10 Remain in Saigon. So 1975 at the end of April was the fall of Saigon, but this would have been the time when Americans were being evacuated. So they reported from Richmond that all Southern Baptist missionaries except for 10 men have been evacuated from war-torn South Vietnam uh, that Keith Parks learned in an April 1st telephone conversation with the missionaries there that everyone had left except for 10 who would stay in Saigon ministering to relief needs of refugees in that area. So, I mean, this is is something uh, kind of a major moment in history as we began to pull back from Vietnam uh, and Americans were being evacuated, not just the military, but also civilians who were there for different reasons. Uh, but that was a concern for Southern Baptists. So so they had gotten out of there, but some were left because they they wanted to serve they wanted to serve the people there. And uh, there's a list that tells the missionaries that would be remaining. And there's one name on that list that is recognizable to those who have followed IMB history. Uh, and that's kind of halfway through the list. And it's uh, Sam James. So Sam James is one who is highly respected for his work in Vietnam, has done a lot of speaking, has done a lot of um, writing, things like that, and talked about talked about that he is has quite a legacy for what he did in that region of the world also is known for planting a church in the raleigh durham area which would eventually become the summit church so yes i was like i know this name but i don't know why and then yeah now you got it really great impact that he has made didn't he plant that church like whenever he was like delayed from going Yes. Or something yes. like that. He was supposed to be yeah. going and he was delayed. So he was like, well, I'll just plant a church here in Raleigh while I wait. Uh, yeah, something like that. So uh, so really made his work has made an impact on the, on the international field for Southern Baptists and at home uh, for Southern Baptists, certainly in the uh, Triangle area of North Carolina. But as they are now the sending church that they are, it really is affecting all of North America and the world. So he's made quite a contribution. And I have had the privilege of meeting him, hearing from him. And he really has an incredible story. But I thought it was was very interesting. So there's a, a longer story just about the evacuation, things like that uh, itself. But it's just worth reminding us that this was happening uh, this week in SBC history. And in American history as well. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. So, all right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week, Amy, is actually going to be a an April Fool's joke that was played by the Tupelo, Mississippi Daily Journal, which is the, the hometown paper there. And, and I like the little, the subtlety of this one because it's not over the top, but it's one of those things where you just kind of tip your hat to it and go, well played. So in their, the transactions, you know, you have all the, the transactions and everything that, you know, right. this team did this, this team did that, this person, you know, signed a contract, whatever. So in the April 1 transactions under baseball, it lists Cleveland Indians signed catcher Jake Taylor, relief pitcher Ricky Vaughn, third baseman Roger Dorn, outfielder Willie Mays Hayes, outfielder Pedro Serrano, starting pitcher Eddie Harris to one-year contracts named Lou Brown manager. Detroit Tigers, starting pitcher Billy Chappell announced his retirement. 
New York Knights signed outfielder Roy Hobbs. New York Mets signed <gasps> second baseman Chico Escuela and starting pitcher Sid Fitch. Tampa Bay Rays called up starting pitcher Ebby Calvin Lelouch from AAA Durham. Okay, that's pretty cool. Did I not send that to you the other day? I think you, I think you may have, but I don't. I don't think I. You missed the Roy Hobbs reference. I know you love the natural. Yes, yes, yes. So for those of y'all who who are like, what is this about? So uh, Billy Chapel, that's the one Kevin Costner played, wasn't it? He was right. Yeah, I can't remember that. For the love of the game. And then, yeah. so the Cleveland Indians, that's obviously Major League. New York Knights, right. obviously the natural. New York Mets, there's a, a great old Sports Illustrated thing about Sid Finch. So you'd have to check yes. that out. That's a, a yeah. joke back Which from, is a hat tip to an April Fool's. Yes, an, an April Fool's yes. joke from like the yes, 80s. Yes, an April Fool's that joke. Sports yeah. Illustrated did. And then uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, that's obviously Bull Durham. Nuke, right, right. Nuke Lelouch. He hit the bull. Yeah. Very cool. So all... Uh, movie characters and not yes. real really cool. people. Yeah, so yeah. that's my little thing because I like the subtlety of it. It's, you can play that joke, that April Fool's thing during this time. That's okay. Can't right. go crazy. It's it's all right. It works. Yes. All right. So my resource of the week is an ebook that has been prepared very quickly by fascinating Southern Baptist Art Tolston. So he has done an ebook called. A Pandemic Proposal, Viral Vitality, Hope for the Human Soul. And it basically is just a book that kind of takes what is happening and uh, says, says he is venturing into a vitality that can enhance our daily lives, even in a time of social upheaval and widespread grief. As long as we have a heartbeat and can breathe, why not venture forward with an optimized view of life? A coronavirus pandemic cannot alter God's creation of the human soul. And so um, I've got a couple of links I'll drop in the show notes of places that you can get it, but it's an ebook. It, uh, very inexpensive. Like if you get it from ebook, it, it's a uh, $2.99 and just an opportunity for some, some time to reflect on what is happening. So it's a de- really a devotional read. And I'm a big Art Tolston fan. As I said in December, I think he's one of the most fascinating Southern Baptists. And, uh, he really got to work when this started three weeks ago. Obviously it started, before that, but we really began to feel it three weeks ago, and uh, and he got got going on producing that. So, so I'm excited and wanted to throw that out as my resource of the week. Also, would like to circle back on last week's resource of the week, the yes, uh, Great Commission Conversations podcast. So there was a special episode this week in which Keith Whitfield, co-host of Great Commission Conversations, interviewed Children's Minister of Forest Hills Baptist Church Beth Howe. Yeah. About some of the work that she's been doing in, you know, sort of adjusting to this reality and how she's still connecting with the kids in her ministry there at Forest Hills. And so really great conversation. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. And she did a great job, but very surreal because it was a podcast conversation between Keith Whitfield and Beth Howe, as opposed to Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Yes, they so, flipped a switch on us. It's a bizarro yes, SBC this week. So, really so that's an extra one that I just thought I would throw out there that we need to put a link to that yeah, we'll particular that. episode. So, I probably should have made that my resource of the week instead of the April Fool's joke, but Beth well, doesn't this listen to this. Well, this allowed us to do it all. This allowed <laughs> us to do it all. 
<laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, that's really cool. So yeah, go check that out. Do check that out. She's doing some really great things and uh, it just, you know, having to be creative yeah. this time of year. Yep. So Everybody is. things going on, we're all having to be creative. So, all right. Well, folks, we appreciate you hanging in there with us for another week. And we're here under, uh, you know, stay at home orders, just like many of you. And so uh, hit us up on Twitter and check out the newly redesigned website and the, the new graphics and everything if you missed those. So uh, those rolled out last week, got some good feedback from that. So appreciate everybody reaching out and, and complimenting that. So good work done by our uh, graphics guy at the office, Andy Beecham. So helped us out with that. So we appreciate his work on those. So Amy, we'll see you next week. See you next week.